We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this week's edition of 21 Questions, the episode where we answer KCSN daily subscriber questions and we give you the answers. That's just what we do. I'm here with my good pal, Maddie Lane, today to answer these questions with me. Maddie, how are you doing? How has your week been? You know, the last time we did one of these, we went almost an hour. So uh, people I'm sure, better buckle up. I'm sure it's going to be the same again today. So like, <laughs> let's start this. How's my day going? I'm like four, let's say gin and tonic roughly deep right now. Um, oh. After a long day of building a goat house and a stable. So like I've had a day. Um, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I've had a day. I think people should be ready for us to go like 55 plus minutes. The only thing that might save them is we're kind of doing this in the middle of the Celtics heat game. So, you know, yeah. there's a little, there's a little bit of a rush, but, um, talk, how was your day? What, what did you get into today? They were good. I took my sister's graduation pictures. That's the first time I've taken any, like, uh, like I was an actual photographer, you know, and like Ooh. taking somebody's pictures. So I was like, I was on Pinterest looking at like poses and stuff. I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do here? Oh, um, have so you added yeah. it to your bio yet though? Like, is it on your Twitter bio yet that you are a photographer? Not yet. It might make it make its way there. I have to like edit the pictures yet. I have, I've been like kind of anxious to look at them. Cause I was like, I don't want to know yet if they suck. Uh, so I haven't looked at them. Um, so that's what I kind of did today and just kind of, you know, obviously the, some podcast stuff. We had a couple podcasts get recorded and everything like that. But that's just that's what we do here is we produce lots of content for you all to enjoy. And I always enjoy this podcast because you can kind of you can kind of relax a little bit. We get yeah. to we get to talk about what you guys want us to talk about. And, and I like it, too, because we're in this part of the season where there's not a whole lot of Chiefs news going on. So what are you talking about? Lot. This is just jam-packed full of very up-to-date, very relevant football news. Right, uh, and and we have a lot of questions about the Chiefs. Uh, we really don't. Um, but last week's perfect. So last week, uh, I was supposed to be on, wasn't on, just because of scheduling conflicts. So Maddie and I are going to do it. And the first question I got for you, Maddie, this one's from JL. Which week do the Chiefs trade for Ingram this time? Oh God, I wish I knew the trade deadline off the top of my head. Um, week nine, they trade for him in week nine. That's probably pretty strong. Um, yeah, it's got to be around the trade deadline. Does that that changes like every year, doesn't it? Like, why why do they do that? I have no idea. There's a couple things about football. Like, I love football. I'm one of the biggest football nerds. But contract stuff, CBA stuff, mm. and then like rules like the trade deadline, I I just don't care about. I just don't. Um, realistically, 
I think there's a difference in how the Chiefs value Melvin Ingram and how he values himself. I don't. So somebody doesn't have interest in the other party. I don't know if it's the Chiefs. I don't know if it's Ingram. But like the interest for one of the two parties, I think is significantly lower than the other. So like it makes it less likely, I think, that they go that route, especially after trying it out and then it still didn't click. So like I would be surprised. I know the question was probably in jest, but like. If by week nine, the Chiefs don't trade or sign some kind of veteran free agent at defensive end, I would be shocked. Yeah, I mean, this goes right into this next question from Grayson Jaspers, actually. Is our pass rush actually worse than last year? If you look at Karloftis over Ingram, does Jared Reed or his production outweigh Chris Jones slash F? Oh, Frank Clark. Had a brain fart right there. Uh, Being healthy and adding Leo in blitz scenarios. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think I think it's it's worse than last year. The, the defensive end production wasn't great last year, but you lost the only player that really was that productive for you. Um, so yeah, I understand the rationale of saying like, hey, Leo can can do can do blitzes. You know, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, they're both being healthy. Uh, Jaron Reed, I don't think was very effective in in the uh, pass off the top of my head. Um, so that's not like that big of a gap that you have to fill production wise, but like they need to be better on, on the defensive front. Like that has to be better. Um, and like you said, Maddie, they got to be looking at this edge market thinking to sign somebody because it's the cupboards looking bare. It is. I, I guess it's hard to say it's worse though, because it was pretty bad last year. Um, <laughs> like trading out Melvin Ingram for George Carl Loftus, I almost think I would give the edge to Carl Loftus because there's just like this certain motor aspect, right? Like mm. everybody remembers what was it? against Joe Burrow where Chris Jones was like the only person trying to chase him down. And there's another play where Frank Clark just couldn't catch up to him in the playoffs. George Karloff just can't like, I don't think he's the best athlete in the world, but like he can, he will keep that motor running hot. That's something that I don't think Melvin Ingram could do for four quarters. So just based on that, maybe it's a slight improvement. Taylor Stallworth slash Tershawn Wharton replacing Jaron Reed snaps as a pure pass rusher. I don't think you're necessarily moving a lot there. So it's probably about the same you just add Carl Loftus to the mix you get Frank Clark in a contract year you get Chris Jones probably close to a contract year like he's either going to be extended by the Chiefs or he's going to be traded like he's not going to play on what his current contract is so maybe they can find a way to make it better but talent for talent like it's just not good it's not it's like they have to make some kind of move I think during or before the season starts or it's just it's very un Steve Spagnolo like to have this level of pass rushing talent. I think on the defensive line. Yeah, I, I, and and I agree. It's it, it's something, and we've got more questions about the defensive line, the the pass rush coming up. Trust me. Shocking uh, during this part of the season where everybody cares about the Chiefs football. There's a lot of questions about exactly one thing. <laughs> so here's another question from Grayson too. Uh, the Chiefs are projected to have 12 picks again next year. What would back-to-back drafts like this year mean for this team, Maddie? I mean, it'd be great, right? Like they're coming off of a really good draft in 2021. Uh, they got a lot of talent, positions that don't matter as much, and they seem to kind of swing that the other way this year. They drafted corner, defensive end, wide receiver with their first three picks. And so like they got positions that usually mean a little bit more to football. If they come back and they do it again, and especially if they do it as deep as they did with you know this many selections, then yeah. However, I would be a little shocked if you get back-to-back big in terms of quantity draft halls from Brett Veach. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't move around. They moved around a fair bit this year, but not like a ton. They didn't make big moves up. 
that's a lot of draft picks over two years. So like if this draft class is as good as we think, plus a Justin Ross, plus a Mike Rose, you know, maybe Jerry on Ely, these guys that we all kind of like as undrafted free agents, you're going to have very few roster spots moving forward, even less than this year. So maybe next year they move around a little bit more and get a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, that'd be neat to see. And Maddie, I got a question to ask you. This is a, this is a question for me. Am I wrong for being a little apprehensive uh, on this draft class? I think it's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm just a little apprehensive to say Brett Veach nailed it quite yet. Because, I mean, they haven't taken the field yet. You're wild as hell, Tuck. This draft is great. It's the best that's ever um, I It's a draft class, and we're talking just like, what, three weeks after it's happened, right? Like, it's everything should be taken with a little bit of a grain of salt right now. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a chance that Trent McDuffie is not the size that typically works in the NFL. And it's a little bit of a struggle. There's some ups and there's downs. George Karloftis isn't the perfect athletic profile for a defensive end. And it takes a while or he's just an okay player. And Sky Moore needs a moment to catch up to the jump and competition. Like there's plenty of a chance for this draft class to start a little bit slower. But when you kind of dive in, I think to the football character of some of these guys, and I know it's a big buzzword and people have played drinking games with us using that word right now, but that's what the chiefs keep saying. I think you have to believe that this draft class will at least figure it out at some point in time, right? Like this seems like a class that will not fail and they still drafted some upsides. Like I really do like the class and I also openly admit it's biased because they took guys that I actually liked for the first time in Brett Veach's tenure. Hey, that helps. I mean, that really helps. <laughs> I, I I know we were doing like a podcast the week of the draft and everyone we was did? very... <laughs> Yeah, I think we did one, one or two. Uh, people were very whelmed by the mock draft that we did, but we're like, hey, this is a practice. This is a practice exercise to be just be very whelmed uh, when the Chiefs draft. And, and listen, I mean, I was excited for it when that happened, but I'm just like, I'm nervous that like it's going to be overhyped, right? So they're going to have a bunch of expectations for these rookies to fix the defensive line, right? That people expect George Koff just to come in and get 20 sacks. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to put that expectations on him or – you know, Trent McDuffie to come out there and get six interceptions, but yeah, it's it's gonna be uh gonna be fun to see with with all the rookie class, and, and this is kind of another guess what another defensive question from Jay the Fan One. No, no hold keep... on, Tuck. You hit me with the question, so I'm hitting you with the question now. There. Okay, I and somebody might ask this, but you know, I don't read the questions. I don't know what's coming up here. Um, which rookie at the end of this year are we gonna think was the best? Like just who out, not even just outperformed their draft slot, but like who was the best value, who provided the most for where the Chiefs took them in your mind? I think it's gonna be Isaiah Pacheco. Ooh, okay. I think I really like him. Um, I know Craig's big on uh, Pacheeks is what we call him. It's a great uh, name. It is a great name. But I think just the value that he has not only as like running back three, right? But as like special teams wise, I think could be big. And, you know, <laughs> love those special teamers on this team. So I think that, that it, that's kind of what I'm looking at too, is guys that provide value in, in more than just their traditional position. Um, you know, I think Leo could be a guy like that too, who's really good on special teams and adds a lot uh, to this team. So uh, those two guys are, are the first two that come to my head. I agree. I mean, I kind of agree with you. I like the the thing with Pacheco is as a seventh round pick, if he's running back three and then even just has a couple plays and a couple special teams plays, like that's clearly a good value. Yeah. I, I can see Trip McDuffie having a really good year. And I like that you brought up Leo Schnell because BJ and I think we're talking about this one time not recording. 
he's probably going to be like, by the end of the year, there's like sneaky suspicion that he's going to be like a lot of Chiefs fans' favorite rookie or favorite player. Just his style of play, his jersey might fly off. Like he just, he seems like a really good fit for Chiefs fans who's still you know, mid, a Midwest football guy. That's Leo Chanel. And I think he's a guy that a lot of people will love. So like, it's, I think it's going to be hard. You're going to get a little bit of that Nick Bolton syndrome, right? Where mm. for a coast team that like the fan base really values the ability and coverage and some like flashier plays, maybe wouldn't be as favored. Whereas a Midwest team loves, you know, their physical explosive downhill run stuffers. That's Nick Bolton, and that's also Leo Chanel. So I just think he's a guy that a lot of people will gravitate towards as the year goes on. So, did Leo change his number in the in the recent round of number change? Oh, buddy, did he? I believe he I took thought. Nick Bolton's number, so he has moved from forty nine to fifty four. Right? That's what Bolton was. Uh, now I'm struggling. I think so, though. I think it's. I think he's now moved to fifty four from forty nine, which is a great change because, like. 49, not a great number on a linebacker, right? He should have been a single digit, first of all. He should have been a single digit. But then Bolton changed and took his college number, so good for him. But I I think going to 54 for Leo Chanel was a very, very, very good change, and that makes that jersey much more viable than 49 ever was. I think moving for 32 for Nick Bolton is is a strong move for Nick Bolton, obviously not mentioning the guy who had the number before him. Right. Uh, but just going back to his college number is is also I'm trying to do a quick look up here, but they make it impossible. There's the Chiefs roster to find by uh sort of by number. Because he was he started 49 and he is it's 54 now. He's, he he switched to 54. Yeah. It, I remember he took Nick Bolton's number once he moved. I just couldn't remember if Bolton was 54 or not, but he was. So. That's right. I couldn't remember if it was him or Karloftis that changed the number because I know uh, that. Oh, we're still waiting for Karloftis to change his number. <laughs> we're he's still got, waiting. He's got to get away from 56, right? That's like, so bad. You can't have another. It's a good number. Okay. 56 is a good number for an athlete and especially like a right. super athlete that has like length and is kind of like a linear build, but you get a stockier guy wearing 56. That's numbers got a lot of curves in it. The chiefs numbers are big. Like that's just not a good look. It's not a good look. He, what did he wear at Purdue? Five, right? Five. Yeah. Five. See- Man, I love single-digit edge rusher, and they don't allow that yet. They don't allow single-digit for edge rusher. If you are classified as an outside linebacker, you can be a single-digit. So So Melvin Ingram was an outside linebacker with the Steelers. They kept him at outside linebacker, I think, for the Chiefs, which allowed him, I guess, to get at that time 24 or whatever. Like. It's just like, yeah, it depends on how you're classified. It's weird. This is also why we go an hour. We're now talking yeah. Jersey takes, but like we haven't got to do them yet. And like, we're the only two that care because we're the youths. Like we're the people that know aesthetics. We understand how it works and how it can make or break your career. Yeah. Give the chiefs a white helmet. That's my take. Um, That'd be sick. Um, Where was I? Okay. This. Okay. Yeah. Here. I found it. Jay, the fan one. He says, I keep hearing people talking about how the Chiefs had a very good pressure rate last year, but of course we're not able to get sacks. With the investment in the secondary, will the eventual improvement in coverage lead to more sacks? He goes on to say he could also see this lead to more opposing quarterbacks running against us. Not many of them are going to outrun Willie Gay or Leo. Um, I think that's, I think uh, this, (laughs) this like, I don't know what I want to say. I don't think it's a contradiction. It's uh, just kind of the the relationship between pass rush and uh, 
coverage in the secondary is something that's just very interesting to me. And it seems like something that's like always really latched on by uh, broadcasters. It seems like pregame broadcasters are, are this way. It's like, well, they got you know, good, good coverage guys. So they're going to get a lot of coverage sacks or they got good pressure. So they're going to, so they're going to be able to be easier to cover those guys. It's like, I don't think it's like that simple, right? I don't think it's as simple as we like to make it seem. I do think that there are obviously such things as coverage sacks. I do think that the secondary, well, hang on a second before I go down this rabbit hole. Do you think the secondary is better than it was last year? Yes. Um, I think it's close. Okay, I think it goes. This is how it goes for me, right? I think Trent McDuffie allows more versatility out of the cornerback room. They can now mm-hmm. play more coverages out of the corner room. You don't have to just stick to press man or press, hey, play only this one third of the field like you kind of did with Ward and Rashad Fenton or whoever else is playing on the outside. You then combo that with Lonnie Johnson, who hasn't been great but he has the size, the strength, and the ability to be a good press corner who can do those things. I think the cornerback room will improve. I love Tyron Matthew. I think Tyron Matthew's a great player. He's on the edge of being in the ring of the honor for the Chiefs. I don't care what people say. He's right on the cusp. I think Justin Reed's a better football player right now. And I'm not... Brian Cook's definitely a better football player than Dan Sorensen right now. And I'm not certain he's not also an improvement over Juan Thornhill. Again, back to that same Trent McDuffie versatility. So yeah, I think the secondary should be able to give you a slightly better play. Not not necessarily more consistent, just better. More highs, maybe a few more lows to start the year. But I think it will be better overall. So then you you take that. I think I'm on the same page with you. I think I lean more towards that the secondary will be better this year than it was last year. But then you start to look at, we already had a question about, is the pass rush already better? It's just like, that's kind of a wash too. So you're starting to look at it as like, is it really going to be better? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's just, you know, I'm kind of... I've already said I'm kind of pessimistic. Maybe maybe not pessimistic is the right word. I don't want to get my feelings hurt, right? So I just always assume the worst um, about when I think about this stuff. But I think that if you keep your expectations to last year's uh, sack rate, I guess. Is that a stat? Did I just make that up? Nope, that's, that's the thing. Okay, you nailed cool. it. Cool, cool, cool. I figured that that was a stat. But if you, keep, if you set last year's sack rate as a benchmark, I think that'll be good. I think that's what you should do. Yeah, I think so. And I don't know the sack rate for like the Chiefs off the top of my head, but I know their conver- their conversion rate from pressures to sacks, I don't believe was particularly good. I, so. I mean, now you can also go look. There's like, you know, like what, four missed Tyron Matthew sacks and some other guys that aren't defensive linemen that kind of roll into that staff. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I don't necessarily want to say pessimistic. I just think there's a reason to be patient. Like you got to kind of mm. see what this plays out and don't, jump to conclusions by like midpoint of the season, right? Go back to 2019. Remember how bad the Chiefs defense was for the first half of the year while you had all these new guys learning Steve Spagnuolo's system, which is pretty complicated. Like let let these guys get some time before you jump to conclusions, I think is like the biggest like warning or piece of advice I could probably throw out there. Yeah, I I think that that's that's the best message we can send when it comes to the serious chief stuff. Um, and we're about to get into non-serious chief stuff. The good oh, let's stuff, go. This is the good stuff. That's um, what I live for. So we got to, we're gonna have a couple questions here back to back from Christian Gumminger here. 
Okay. You get to pick out the next piece of merch. What are you picking? He gives some examples. Tanks, seltzer. Uh, KCS and seltzer oh. would go incredibly hard, etc. What are you picking, Maddie? Listen, as much as I want to just rep the brand and say uh, tank tops, we need some tank tops in the merch store, whoever's in charge, <clears throat> talk. Um, snapbacks, man. We need, like, I, I have a KCS, KCS in snapback. I like it, but I need a I, I need a better one. I'll, I'm not afraid to say it. I need a better one. It's a mm. good snapback, but it's not great. I need a snapback. And, like, if you're a hat guy and you don't like them, I get it. I understand why you want your fitted hats or anything else but give me a trucker style snapback with the lab with the kcsn logo something on it nice and big so everyone sees it like that that's top of the line and then a tank top is hard number two hats are strong i'm i'm in the process of of uh growing my hair kind of out right so like, i'm still trying to figure out like what i want to do with my hair so i just like haven't gotten a haircut so it has a really good versatile item i can just be like i don't know what I, my hair looks weird today so i'm just gonna put a hat on and that plays 95% of the time. Now, hold on, um, hold on. What, what's the goal? What's the end goal with the hair growth? So, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think I want to look like... Uh, Tommy? No, no, no. Not that long. I'm not, I'm not like, going to go to the <laughs> shoulders. I don't even know if you can even see. Uh, I, mean, I see it. Like, it looks it's, great. It's getting longer. And it, it was. it's kind of at an awkward phase right now. But Trying to get that surfer wave? Like, well, you know, what, what are we going for? Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. I think I just want to flow, right? I just. Okay. I don't think I want it, like, down to my shoulders. Like, I don't want it to be... Like, I had long hair at one point. If you go to my Instagram, you can see it. I think I saw I got pictures when I had long <laughs> hair. It was a long time ago. But I don't want that. I want, like, a, a long, a, a medium-length hair, I guess you could say. But. This is a bold strategy for summertime. I'm just gonna yeah. that out there. I'm gonna yeah. lob that out there. That's just a, this is a bold strategy for the middle of summer in Kansas City. It really is, and uh, there there's a lot of times where I'm like, I just want to cut all of it off, and I go back and forth between like I should get a buzz cut or I should grow my hair really long, and like those um, don't really go hand in hand. But I think the next piece of merch. Oh, that's, such a good KCS and Seltzer would go so hard. That you, would. Know, you know how you know how many hoops we'd have to jump through to get that to happen? Um, a lot, a lot of hoops. What flavor would it be? That's for another <laughs> podcast. Oh, um, I think this actually, I think this is the perfect podcast. I don't know if anybody else in KCS drinks seltzer besides us two. So, like, like that's this is the true. only time. Okay, so what's the top flavor so far on, on the TikTok uh grading of seltzers? Let me pull up my my note I have in my phone here. There you go. Um, you do that. Like, I know it's not eggnog. Uh, we we will miss we will miss bad. the eggnog flavor. That one was so um, bad. Like I but, feel like black cherry is kind of safe, and like I don't feel like we're a safe. We're not a safe group. Like we got to get more bold. So the the highest rated seltzer. I should have known this off the top of my head. The highest rated seltzer was the Mountain Dew Baja Blast at a nine point four. Ah. Um, which it's hard to replicate that. Um. Citrus soda at 9.2. Citrus, that's a strong. Like, yeah, we might have to go. I'm a big lemon lime kind of guy. So, yeah. like, yeah, a lemon lime flavor, I think, probably hits. I yeah. I that's good for summertime. I think that's a that's a strong one. The uh, number three is uh hard mountain dew black cherry at 9.0. There it is. There it is. So, like, I don't, black cherry. I don't have many in the nines. Um, there's three seltzers that are in the nines in terms of my seltzer ratings. Um, so that would be pretty sick. A KCSN seltzer, eventually, that'd be sick. 
Um, just need to, we just need to get the Holloway just holiday distillery to rebrand their bourbon as Casey has said bourbon so. and we're set, right? I think so. I think that's the next step. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, another question from Christian. This is kind of, this is football adjacent. Oh, man. Um, if the entire AFC West was quarterbacked by Derek Carr clones rank each team. Now do the same if it's quarterback by Patrick Mahomes clones. Everything else remains the same. Roster, coaches, etc. Okay. Not preparing for this makes this difficult. But mm-hmm. I think I'm going to put the Raiders in last regardless. Yeah. Because I think they have the worst offensive line and the worst collection of playmakers and or just guys that matter on defense. Right. So mm-hmm. I'll put the Raiders last regardless. I think they're probably closer to third with Derek Carr than Mahomes. Um, I don't know. That, that's a weird way to split it up. I'm putting them last. God, this is tricky. I think I know. Okay, let's I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with the Patrick Mahomes. Okay. And I think and I think the I still think the Raiders are last. You take in you have to take in consideration, you know, coaches and everything. It's first year coaching staff. It's tough. Uh, first year GM. That's also tough. I think I'm gonna go. God, this is tough. Uh, I think I'm gonna go Broncos. See, but the Broncos have a good receiving core. That's the they, thing I keep keep getting caught up on. They do. Um. So okay, I think I'm gonna go back this way. Oh, God. Yeah. No. This is this is a tricky question. Like, right? I think that. I think the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Chargers are all relatively close. Mm-hmm. I think right now we know more about the Broncos and the Chargers receiving group. Like it's a mm-hmm. little bit more established. I would also I, I think Chargers are number one. Like if you're yeah. making the cor- the quarterback completely even, I think the Chargers are first on both sides um with Mahomes or with Derek Carr. I just think they have the most proven wide receiver room. They have enough playmakers on all or at least a defensive, you know, line and in the secondary uh so like whether it's Derek Carr, whether it's Mahomes, I think they're first. I think with Derek Carr, I might put the Broncos second because you have those established receivers, you know these guys that can get open, they can win entirely mm-hmm. on their own. You have enough there. If you get out to a lead, you have a pass rush that is absolutely going to keep you in the lead. They have some guys, Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory, that are kind of proven in that regard. But if it's Mahomes, I'll put the Chiefs at two. So like uh, Raiders are last regardless. If it's Patrick Mahomes, I'll go Chiefs actually with, or no, sorry. If it's Derek Carr, the Chiefs will be third. Then the Broncos will be second. The Chargers will be first. If it's Patrick Mahomes, it's going to go Raiders last. Broncos second or third, Chiefs second, Chargers first. I think I agree. I think the Chargers are first. I I don't know if that's a hot take. I think the Chiefs had a really good draft, but their free agency period was a little meh, and it was already really really close. And I still think there's a gap between Mahomes and Herbert. So like, yeah, I think the Chargers are a comfortable first. I think the Raiders are a comfortable last, and like the other two, I guess to me is where I see a little bit of the the dicey back and forth. The Broncos might already have Derek Carr as their quarterback, though. Who knows? After Um, week nine. (laughs) We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Here's a good one. Andy Nagel, keep trade and cut. Sneed, Bolton, Karloftis. You go first. I'm keeping Sneed. Trade and cut? Those are That's wild. That's a wild scenario. Keep trade mm-hmm. and cut? Wow. Yep. Okay. Hang on a second. I'm still keeping Sneed, I think, out of those. Uh, sorry, Nick. Um... I, I guess I've backed myself into a corner here. So I guess I'm going to k- trade Bolden to get some value out of him and cut Karloftis. What kind of value you think you're getting out of it? Well, listen, you're not going to get a lot of value out of Karloftis because he hasn't played a down. No, you're not. I, that's why I'm trading <laughs> Sneed. The one position that I... Uh, Karloftis obviously isn't getting that much in return right now because he lasts yeah. until 30 in the NFL draft, right? Like, yeah. grew too early to get anything. I think he's the guy that you... He's got to be a cutter a keep, and if I'm cutting or keeping a linebacker versus a defensive end, I'm keeping the defensive end. So I'm trading Sneed because I think it's the best value. I also think Trent McDuffie kind of can play his same general role. I think they have a replacement that can do what he does. I will then uh, cut Nick Bolton. I I don't want to be a Nick Bolton hater, but like it's just, you know, he's a two-down linebacker. I, I think Leo Chanel can do a lot of what Nick Bolton did. Maybe he's yeah. not as smart in terms of calling the plays yet, but he can play in a similar style of football. And then finally, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll keep Carl off this and just see what he can become. And maybe next year when you ask this question, he's the trade candidate after he has a 12 sack season. That's a brutal question. Um, okay, here we go. Zach Smitterax. He asked favorite deadlift variation and why oh, straight leg deadlift is what I, I always like to do straight leg deadlift. I don't know why it makes me jump higher. <laughs> I have, such a real answer for this um sumo deadlift is my favorite why because when i started getting into olympic lifting i really struggled to separate deadlift from my clean pull so coming off the ground i struggled to separate the two and it kind of messed up both lifts like i would get more quad over my toes on my deadlift and i would get too far back hips too high for my clean so i had to find a way to separate it and then i also feel better glute and hamstring engagement um, when I do sumo, the just traditional traditional feels like it's the entire body working, you know, all together. It's a little bit more isolated with sumo. So like I got 
close to the same level. Um, and if I'm feeling real degenerate, I'll go with a deficit sumo deadlift. I'll I'll elevate myself an inch or two and then still pull from the ground. And it's it's a it's a it's a move that you feel it. You feel it in places you didn't know exist. So like big sumo deadlift guy for anybody out there that's trying to work out right now and does not sumo deadlift. We would always do, and when I was, you know, playing football, we would every workout had like I think two sets of ten of of Australian deadlifts. Like that's what it was. Every workout, like you would end it with two sets of Australian yeah. deadlifts, and it was they were elevated, uh, elevated Australian deadlift. Um, so like we were really just trying to jump higher. I think is what our coach wanted us to do. He said, "Hey." It's a good workout. I, I I love some. I do enjoy, I do enjoy straight leg deadlifts. Um, you know, I I do enjoy them. That's that's a that's a lot of hamstring, a lot of hamstring <laughs> and glute work there at the end of every workout. But yeah, yeah, you know, it makes it makes sense for some football stuff. Um, I I do like those too. Really, I don't love straight. I, I traditional deadlifts. I'm I'm fine with. I have no issues with them when I do them. But like, I don't I don't love them. It's not like my favorite. I'd much rather squat than deadlift. I think, mm-hmm. which is which is wild because like the deadlift is the one lift in the world that like I'm proportionately semi well-built to do. Like I have decently long arms to go with like normal length legs for my size. So it makes like deadlifting probably my, my best leverage out of any lift, but I don't know. It's traditional deadlift. It's just, it's, it's fine. It's what it is. It's a checkbox. I, I am, I am built for the bench press because I have short arms and a big chest and I am built for the squats. You're built for everything in a weight room, Tuck. Like That's you, you are built really for everything is. in a weight room. Like the, you know, like you know, the, the bar doesn't have to go anywhere and you're throwing weight around everywhere. Like it's, it's great. Like I, true. like I, I, I'm in a rough spot. I am terrible for the bench, man. Like I can't bench. I've never been able to bench. Even when I was a lot bigger, I bench like garbage. Like I'm just not a bencher, a bad bencher. Walked into the weight room for the first time on Monday, and I was like, I can bench two plates just fine. And, like, I moved it four times, and I was like, yeah, that was awesome. That was cool. And I haven't lifted a weight in four years, so I can still do two plates. Sweet. Uh, but my chest still hurts. Like, if, I don't know. I wasn't doing it with a spotter either, so I was like, you know what? Maybe I just, like, calm down a little bit. There is uh, no yeah. chance if I didn't work out for two years that I'm that I'm moving 225 even, like, a half half a rep. Just no chance. I'm just not. Just, I'm. I'm not built. I am not built for that life. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, and I like it was after the workout. I was like, wait, what? What was I doing? And, you know, it's like, why did I go in there thinking like, yeah, I can just move this around real quick? Yeah, I don't. Wild. Um, but anyway, uh, Zach Z Z Tuttle. I just assumed his name was Zach. So if your name is not Zach Z Tuttle, fifteen. I'm. What's sorry. your second option? What's option B? If it's not Zach, see, that's the thing. Name? I don't know. Uh, Zachariah, but I think you still shorten that down to Zach. That counts. Yeah, you gotta come up with something else. Zay. <laughs> Zay. <laughs> Z Tuttle fifteen. What is one game this year that you think the Chiefs will lose when they absolutely shouldn't? The answer, quote, any game they lose is not allowed, Maddie. What? Like, yeah. Um gosh, probably the game. Who do who do they have this year? Let's, that's how I bad know. I am. I don't, I don't I know no idea. Okay. Um, so what game do I okay? So I have to think that they lose that they they should not. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm checking through the schedule now. Um oh, oh but see, like that's the thing. I don't know which games I think they'll lose that they shouldn't. I'll say the Bengals again, because I yeah. think the Bengals aren't that talented of a team. The Bengals are a good team, but not a great team. 
And I think they have just, I think last year they ran into such an incredible amount of luck in situ- not even just luck, but like their situational football was so good that it kind of came across as luck and it allowed them to beat teams that were much more talented than them all across the board. Um, now, if the Chiefs lose them again, that's going to be hard on the psyche to come back from going, oh, in three against them. But like, that's the one I could see them realistically losing that they are a better team. So I think it's an AFC South team. Um, looking at this, and I don't I, even have football. That's no, that's not football. I think it's the Colts. I think it's yeah. the Colts. I think they should beat the Colts, but I. It's one of those things where you never know when you're playing Indianapolis. And I think it's in Indianapolis too. So bad vibes all around already uh, to start to start off that. So I apologize for already bringing that up. So uh, Mike Denny. Our buddy Mike, he asked, describe your ideal summer day. Oh, boy. Okay. Like, are we going like hour by hour here? Like, what, what's going on? I, I think that my ideal summer day is sitting by a beach with a nice with a nice uh, rum cocktail. That is very like is a fruity rum cocktail. Listen, rum guy. when I would no, I just think it's when you're by the water. I think rum, it makes me feel. Like, oh, okay. Here's something the people don't know. You you went on a cruise recently. I'm oh. taking the exact <laughs> yes. same cruise just like a month later. I'm going on this ex- literally the exact same trip. I'm also hitting you. Mm-hmm. You Where did you go after? You went to Epcot or something after, right? We went to Islands of Adventure at Universal okay. Studios. Um, okay, so... I, I think I basically did the preview of your vacation. Uh, it's the same boat. It's yeah. the same boat. It's the same trip, same number of days. You need to check out my bartender, Alberto. He hooked me up. Oh, um, if there's an Alberto bartender, I, I will go find him. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I'm hitting Disney and like I'll have the kids. So it'll Good. be a little different, but like I'm going to hit Disney and then go on the exact and then I'll do Disney first, then hit the cruise. But uh, it's like I'm going on the same cruise. I just want to ask, like, what was the drink that you had the most on the ship? Um, when I got there the first day, I drank a lot of uh, Long Islands, and then they they quickly turned into. I don't know if you've heard this drink. It's a family friendly podcast. I don't know if I can say the full name, but it's an uh, adios, an adios, you know, adios mfr. Um, and he Alberto then started to call it the Tucker Mix. Um, no wonder that I was gone the first night because I drank several of those. Uh, but then I quickly transitioned to rum and coke. But you have to be specific when you order them because they'll just put like Bacardi, like white Bacardi in it. And I don't, I'm just, I'm more of a spiced guy. I'm more of a yeah. spiced rum guy. So you have to say spiced rum, and they actually only carry Pepsi on Carnival cruises. So you have to say spiced rum and Pepsi, um, mm. which is Pepsi better than or Coke is better than Pepsi is what I meant to say. But um, that's what I drink a lot of. But they also have like the specialty, like their their menu of like. This is what we got going on. And I'm trying to think what it was like a cruiser. I think is what it was, was really good. It's very fruity and it's got all kinds of rum in it. So, okay. Yeah. No, I, I was, yeah, I was just intrigued about the, the trick of choice. Um, mm-hmm. Not a big rum guy, but you know, we'll try. If I find an Alberto bartender, I'm going to ask for the Tucker mix. Like I'm just going to yeah. say it and see what he does. I won't even like let him know that I know you. I'm just going to ask for the Tucker mix and see how he responds and just That'd see what sick. happens. Um, Best summer day. Yeah. You know, like I, I like the beach idea. Um, you know, I, I like getting to hang out with, hang out with the friends, getting to see some yeah. people. I, I 
found a few refreshing gin-related drinks that I would not mind sipping on throughout the day. I actually don't mind on a summer day having like a little bit of like manual labor to do. Like, you know, not nothing difficult, but like, you know, you want me to like screw some stuff together outside or you want me to like mow a very small portion or weed a small portion of the yard. I'm game, I'm game for that during the summer. You know, get a little sun, do just enough to build up a sweat, but like not enough to crush out the whole day. It's like, you know, little stuff like that. And then we got, you know, friends, family hanging around, maybe maybe working on the grill a little bit, mm. having some refreshing drinks. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff. Oh, man, boy, tell you what, if you could throw in like a real, like, you know, towards the end of summer, get a Chiefs training camp in in the morning Ooh. with Camp TikTok and then roll out and finish out your summer day like that. And I'll tell you, buddy, I'd be gone. We're good. Oh yeah, summer's summer's almost here. There's a couple ninety degree days in Kansas City that made me like think, "Oh, this is summer." I'm not ready for ninety degrees yet. Okay, we got a few more questions before we get out of the show. We've already gone forty ish minutes, so uh, yep. we'll we'll get out of here pretty quick. Uh, do, Maddie, do you have Discord up in front of you? Right. Okay, now? I do have Discord up. Okay, um, because Zach the layman layman's insider asked, "Can't believe my photo." My Civil War photoshops were never discussed. Please discuss their accuracy. Have you seen these pictures? I have. I can't say I remember them off the top of my head. I do remember laughing at them. Um, I don't remember them off the top of my head. It was over the Bradbury argument. Yeah, naturally. Okay, I'm going back uh, to the fan art to see if they were posted in there. So I don't I think they look. were posted. This was pre-fan art. Okay. Channel. Okay, so if like we're just talking about who would be who out of like the you know out of like Marvel or like the the Marvel superheroes in Civil War, right? Like I think that's what the mm -hmm. questions are relating to. Like who would be who? Mm -hmm. Craig and Kent and I have I've talked about this before. Um, like Craig's definitely Doctor Strange, right? Like he's the guy that just like has everything figured yeah. out that he shouldn't. That's just him. Um, that he shouldn't, yeah. That's pretty Kent good. is like Kent, it's just hard to like you know place everybody else, but like I think it was good. I really enjoyed it. Anyone in the Discord should ask um, Zach the Layman's Insider uh, for this picture again. Like you should get it posted and take a peek. And then actually, if you guys get this, go to the uh, at the bottom of the KCS and Discord. There is a fan art channel. Post in there who you guys think. Mm. Each member of KCSN would be in the Marvel superhero world. Actually, your guys' answer is a lot cooler than ours. So you tell us who we would That's all true. be. That's true. I was listed as the Incredible Hulk, and I cannot confirm nor deny that that is accurate. Um, late knee 44, are the Chiefs actually going to add some D-line veterans, or are we all just dreaming at this point? Here you go, D-line question again. Yes, they will add somebody by week nine. Um, I don't know if it'll excite you, but it will be week nine. Grayson Jaspers, he asked, which Chiefs jersey from this year's draft will be the one to buy after the 2024 season? Is that in two years, 2024 season? Yes. Or is it can okay. Two years. Okay. Um, Isaiah Pacheco. I'm going to stick to the brand. Oh, it's Sky Moore. 2024 season. It's number 24. You get to be the first wide receiver that like matters to wear that number. Yeah, it, it's going to be Sky Moore when, when he has back-to-back thousand-yard years rocking the 20s number. Yeah, I thought about Sky Moore at first, but I thought I had to go Isaiah Pacheco because it's number 10, you know. Um, <laughs> Zach Eisen, he asked, who would you bet becomes a first-time Pro Bowler this year? Um, uh, <laughs> so this is... Okay. Um, did Trey Smith technically make the Pro Bowl last year? 
this being an alternate count because he was an alternate alternate right yeah was creed technically an alternate too i think so do they both go I don't, or maybe Trey wasn't an alternate, but he, um, I think that I would say him, if not him, Creed. I gotcha. Yeah. I think it has to be one of the offensive linemen is what it has to be. Um, it's so tough for pro bowlers and offensive linemen, um, in terms of, of stuff like that. So, um, who was it? Was it Mitch Schwartz that didn't get a pro bowl? Is that like who it was? ever, right? Yeah. yeah that was uh-huh. something wild um okay let's focus on grayson jasper's gonna rank these players in order from least to most surprised to make the 53 man roster here we go maddie we already got 53 man roster predictions going on uh gore baker bouchel and nazia that's not how you say his last name <laughs> nazi that's how you say it. The Z Johnson is going to be the, oh, sorry, from least to most. So least surprising is Shane Buchel. If the Chiefs decide to carry three quarterbacks, he'll be the one, right? Like there's a very direct path. Mm-hmm. Two, I'll go with Baker, DeAndre Baker, because he knows the system. Maybe Rashad Fitton still dealing with an injury. Maybe Joshua Williams doesn't look ready. Uh, Derek Gore, I will go with third as the third most like, or the third least likely to make. I think I'm doing this backwards. I'm ordering it from least. Oh, yeah, least surprised. Okay, Gore will be next. I think that running back room is going to be hard to crack for him, but there is a chance because he knows the system. I would be surprised if Dizzy Johnson makes it. The only way he does is if he's just simply way better than everybody else in special teams. But I think a lot of the guys he's competing with are going to be counted on to be special teams players. Yeah, and Bouchelle is a lock. Um, I don't know if, Matt, I don't know if you know the story. I started pronouncing Shane Bouchelle's name as Shane Bouchelet. Um, okay, let's do it. It's pretty sick. It's a lot Shane cooler Buchele. than Bichelle. It is. Right? I I don't disagree. Shane Buchele. Well, like the, so here's the thing. I would do that, but then are we going to be like infringing on Patrick Mahomes' ability to be the best? Like if you have a name like Shane Buchele, like you kind of have to be really pretty much the top guy. That's a good point. Don't make the rules. That's a good point. A couple questions here from Casey from Casey. Calm conditions, what's your 150-yard club? Maddie, you don't golf, so I say I've golfed before, and I have no idea which clubs hit that general range. What normally hits 150? Like, what's like an an average I golf, you know, once a month kind of club to hit 150? So so that's kind of like me. I don't hit my clubs particularly far. I don't know why. Maybe I don't have enough hip torque. Maybe my hips aren't aren't loose. And talk to uh, Peter about that. Um, I think uh, mine's a seven, but I don't hit my clubs particularly far. I don't hit it very far. Um, So that's what I hit. Honestly, when in doubt, I hit a seven. That's what I hit. Um, yeah, you know, so when I used to golf, like, you know, I, I wasn't great. I, I could hit the ball far and it's going to hit it straight very frequently. Um, so like if, if, you know, seven is, it's, we'll go with the seven. Like that seems fine. I, I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention to my clubs. I was drinking, I was driving a golf cart and I was having a good time. I got like, not good, but like, you know, acceptable. Like I wasn't embarrassed to go play. Like I didn't have to let everybody play through me. Like wasn't that bad that I had to let people play through, but like, I have no idea what clubs I use to hit specific distances. I don't even know if I ever looked at the distance of a hole mm. in my life. You just looked at it and say this. This is about right. Yeah, I looked at it and I said, ah, oh, you know, that seems like something I need a driver for. Oh, I don't feel like using the driver today. I'm hitting it like garbage. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's just, I, I didn't, I didn't play. I played with a bunch of guys that also started playing at the same time. And we just kind of had fun. Um, yeah. And that, that was the whole gist. Like, I have no idea how far or anything I hit. 
it's like film versus analytics almost. You know, just like. Don't look at the numbers. We've um, already gone 45 minutes. We're not going into that. Now we're not going into that cesspool. Oh, sorry. Casey from Casey again. How many Tank 7s can you drink in one evening before feeling like you've had a hard night in Belgium the next morning? I don't like Tank 7. There, I said it. I don't like it. Um, I don't get it. I, I, I know I've, I've been keeping that one in. I don't like it. I don't think it tastes good. Um, I don't. It's not particularly my favorite. So, yeah. Zero. Um, this question was maybe. said probably for Craig Stout. I can tell you guess this. Craig Stout also doesn't like Tank 7. Big beer guy also doesn't like Tank 7. This guy, Maddie Lane, not a big fan of most beers. Um, So, like, you know, give me a good sour every now and then. I'm cool with it. Mm. But, like, just beers, eh. So, you know, like I'm with everybody else. That's, tank 7 does nothing for me. Like, I take a swig and I'm like, ooh, do I really have to finish this? Depends on if I bought it, if someone bought it for me. How close am I to the person that bought it for me? Are they standing next to me? Do I have to drink it to be nice? Like, you know, not, not a take seven guy. It's a good take. Uh, <laughs> v Gerst, he asked, if you could transfer Leo Chanel's athletic ability into any current Chiefs player, so basically give any Chiefs player a RAS of 10 for their position, who would you pick? Yum. Okay. Okay. Leo Chanel's athletic profile, like the arm, I'm going to slightly ignore the arm length part of it because he has really, really, really short arms for uh, an off-ball linebacker. But like, just like the the movement skills, I'm torn between giving them to George Karloftis so I think he Mm. can turn and just Trip McDuffie. I can make Trip McDuffie bigger. If I just can make Trip McDuffie bigger and a little bit better athlete, like I feel great about it. Um, so like if Trip McDuffie gets to be like one of the most athletic quarterbacks to ever exist, I think that's a big, huge bonus to his IQ and how smart he is. Like I think I would go that route because Leo Schnell is one of the best athletes to ever test an off-ball linebacker. Yeah, and and my first and my first thought was uh, Karloftis, but Karloftis tested pretty well for his position in terms of a, of a rest. Maybe just give him longer arms. Um, I think he was a nine something um, for yeah. what what Karloftis had. So I, I think that maybe Sky, maybe Sky get Sky a little bit taller. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's yeah. tough because like it, I. I'm trying really hard not to just position like the arm length thing holds me back a little bit from some of them. But like, if I ignore that and just look at the movement skills, like a Trent McDuffie sky was already pretty good, but he would yeah. be another one. Like I, I think Trent McDuffie would still be my kind of answer. As long as I get to ignore like the arm length aspect of it. Mm-hmm. All right. We got one more question left cup. O cheddar. Who was the Texans GM in this ultra mega um kcsn member only mock draft incredible feat um by everyone involved i tip my hat to you uh if you could swap one of the chiefs 2022 picks draft picks for a player that was available at that pick who would it be and how would it make the team better this this one encourages a lot of thinking brian cook for nick bonito who the Broncos took a couple picks later and Nick Bonino doesn't exactly fit Steve Spagnuolo's threshold, but if I'm in charge, he's going to play. He's going to be one of my third down defensive ends. He's going to bring some more pass rushers. And we spent this entire 21 questions talking about what are the Chiefs going to do at defensive end. So how about I go get one of the other best pass rushers available for Brian Cook, who I like. I like his versatility, but anytime I watch him, I find myself kind of thinking like, 
eh, are you sure that was a second round pick when all these other guys were available? Like he's good, but is he great? Like what are, what are we ultimately going to get here at the high end? So if I could swap him out as a safety for Nick Benito as an edge rusher, I think that would be the direction that I would lean. Was George Pickens still on the board? No, that he was taken before Sky Moore was. The Chiefs traded. He was That's on the right. clock. He was available. The Chiefs traded back, and then he was gone before they took Sky Moore. That's right. I was just trying to think how I could get how I could get George Pickens and Sky Moore on the same team. Um, you think over Carl Loftus? Yeah, I don't think I want to do that. And Carl. Um, let's think here. No, I think Maddie. I think I think I'm gonna let you have the last word on that because that's way better than anything that I could think of. Because um, I, I do like Nick. I've got a I've got a buddy who's an Oklahoma fan, and he likes him. And Oklahoma had a good defensive line, so I mean, and uh, Perry on Winfrey as well. I mean, they had a couple guys. They got a couple dudes on that defensive line that were uh, pretty nasty. Went pretty yeah, the high. The defense was still terrible. It's wild that Oklahoma can bring in all these four or five star <laughs> defensive. Talented players and just have such bad defense. All right, Maddie, last question. I know I said that the other one was last Uh-oh. question, but this is the real last question. Team Saban or Team Jimbo? Is this a, is this a question? Nick Saban's playing Jimbo Fisher in all of college football like a GD fiddle right now. Like people act like he's just going off the cuff or being wild. Like no, no, no. He's very, very much thought this out step for step, and it's been perfect. Right, like. He's got his booster's attention by talking about where NILs are going. So, like, all of a sudden, everyone's paying attention. Like, oh, wait, Nick Saban thinks that this is going to happen. X, Y, and Z, what's going on? Then he's talking about how, oh, if this is the way college football is going, this is really bad for the sport because everyone's just going to do – everyone's just going to throw money. And now, all of a sudden, his booster's like, hey, maybe we should throw money so people don't catch us. And then just to top it off, he's going to go at the one team that he knows their head coach is going to clap back because Jimbo just cannot help himself. So Jimbo's going to get up there, call a press conference, clap back, not just at Saban, but all of Alabama. Nick Saban just ensured, not that they weren't already, but he just ensured that Bama's boosters are going to open every checkbook they ever have, ever had, to Alabama to sign all these players. Oh, and he made sure to bring in the fact that Texas A&M had the number one recruiting class so that they technically beat Bama again like they did last year in the recruiting pool. Like Nick Saban thought about this for months, and he just did it perfectly and he is just running circles around poor Jimbo who's just getting emotional about everything I will say Jimbo came with some haymakers Jimbo did not go quietly no 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 he did he came out swinging but the problem is like Nick knew he would Nick coaxed him into it Nick doesn't care what Jimbo wants to get out there and say like right the whole point is just making sure that he's gonna get the money that he wants that's all Nick wanted like he knows where it's going. Everybody knows Bama's already paying players just like every other Power 5 team. They're no different. They play by a different set of rules. They can say, hey, do you want to come here? Cool. What is X, Y, and Z team paying you? We'll pay you the same, and then you get to play at Bama instead of Texas A&M, right? The only thing that matters is if somebody else is going to offer more money. Nick, all he did was ensure that his boosters are going to sign the checks they need to sign to make sure that people choose them over another team, and he made it seem like their idea by just planting these subliminal messages about this is the direction of college football. Texas A&M is getting these top, you know, recruits. Jimbo's getting up there and saying, Oh, look who Nick Saban is. He thinks he's God. Look at what he did. Start digging into his past and all this stuff. Like he, he played him like a fiddle. Jimbo did exactly what Saban wanted him to. There you have it. Maddie Lane at 
Maddie underscore KCSN. Follow him on Twitter for all the takes. For all the takes. I saw you had a thread going on about the uh the Jimbo and the and the saving thing. So I had to I had to tee you up there. Maddie, thank, thank you, you for joining me on this. Good at this. Uh, we need to get you on a mic more often and not just behind the scenes. Stop it. Stop it. You're you're making me blush. You're making me blush. That's going to do it for this week's 21 questions. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at KC Sports Network to figure out what we're doing. We're doing all kinds of stuff. Um, new bourbon release from Holiday Distillery coming out this weekend on Saturday. If you are in the Kansas City area, you should get out there at 9.30. I got a, I got a, got a message saying 9.30 is the lineup for people to go and buy this uh, bourbon. You're only going to be able to buy it really like at the distillery. For like the first few days, just because it takes a while for like trucks to ship out everywhere to liquor stores, but it's only going to be in the Kansas City area. If you want to get your hands on a bottle, make sure to head up to Holiday Distillery. Um, got a busy week here for KCSN, so make sure you're staying tuned. So make sure you like and subscribe uh, to the video if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast channel. Leave a five star rating and review. Let us know what you like, what you don't. Uh, give us a five star review, even if you don't like us. Uh, those are the rules. Uh, so appreciate you guys listening. We'll catch you next time.